Parshas Vayetzei, a career of preparing. We're going to talk now about a subject that's applicable in many aspects of our lives. I'll call it Hachana, the subject of preparing. Now don't be fooled by that one word and think that it's nothing, that it's not much of a subject. Oh, it's very important. Actually, we'll see that it's such an important subject and far-reaching principle that we should really call the subject of tonight's talk a career of preparing. Because once we understand what it means, we'll see that it's actually a lifetime career. But first, an introduction, a little diversion. When Yaakov Avinu was told by his parents to go to Haran and to take a wife from there, so there's no question that he fulfilled his parents' command. Vayetze Yaakov mi be'er shava. And Yaakov left from his parents' home to Be'er Sheva. Harana. And he went straight to Harana. Only that he didn't. It took him 14 years to get there. When our sages calculated the years of Yaakov's life, they found 14 years that were missing. And they tell us that those were the years between the day he left his home and the day he arrived in Haran. He got lost in the middle. That Pasuk took 14 years from beginning to end. So what was he doing? Where was he? So the Chachamim tell us that Haya Yaakov bebet Ever mutman arba esre shana. All those years he was hiding out in the yeshiva of Ever, Megillah. And what was he doing there? He was studying. What else do you do in a yeshiva? In the academy of Ever, that's where the great teachings which had been handed down were being transmitted. And so Yaakov, instead of going straight to Padan Aram, he traveled to a Makam Torah and he sat at the feet of his great teacher, Ever, and he studied for 14 years. But the question is, that's not what his parents told him to do. His parents didn't say a word about going to the yeshiva. They told him to get married. Kum lech padena aram, misham isha. It's as clear as a command could be. Go to padana aram, to the house of your mother's father, Bisuel, and take from there a wife, Breshis. So we'll understand that Yaakov Avinu studied his parents' commands the same way that we studied Torah's commands. His parents' words carried weight with him, and he studied them with Iyun, with serious thought, and with Mefarshim, commentaries. And he said, if my parents told me to get married, that means I should make a hachana, I should prepare. The truth is, we understand such a thing on our own. If your mother tells you to go to the grocery store to buy a bottle of milk, she doesn't have to tell you to put on your shoes before you go. If it's cold outside, she does not have to tell you to put on your coat. Go to the grocery and buy milk means make whatever preparations are required so that you can buy the milk. And so, Yaakov was thinking, if my father and mother want me to marry, it means I have to make myself ready for marriage. And where is the place to prepare for marriage? You don't prepare for marriage by going to public high school or college. That's the place where you prepare to destroy a marriage. That's the place where you learn how not to be married. Even if they would advocate marriages, which unfortunately these Rishayim don't always do. But even if they would advocate marriage with their kind of marriage... You see what happens. It ends up in disaster. So Yaakov understood that when his parents said, go and get married, it meant go prepare yourself in the academies of the sages. Get married means, Learn Torah first, and after that, then 
you get married. Gemara Kedushin. Now what is that? Why should you study Torah first? Why can't you get married and learn Torah afterward? So the Gemara there gives us an important reason, a true reason. If you'll get married first, you'll have a milestone around your neck. You have a wife and then children come along. You have mouths to feed and rent to pay. So you're not able to learn. But Yaakov Avinu understood that besides Rechaim B'Tzavaro, there's another big reason, a more important reason. Because Yaakov Avinu was able to learn all the time. He had a big head, a very good head. And with him, that reason didn't apply. Learning Torah first has a higher significance than the practical problem of a millstone on the neck. And that's the significance of getting ready to be married. You need to be prepared. Marriage means you must learn how to be a husband or a wife. And you must learn how to be a father or a mother. These are two great careers. And it's a pity that young people are permitted to enter these two careers without any preparation. It's a pity girls get married at the age of 17 and 18. Girls should have to wait until they're 40. They should get semicha, girl semicha, in order to be married. Of course, she can't wait that long. By the time she's ready, she's wrinkled and her teeth all fell out. She can't have children either. And so a girl who will wait till she's ready for marriage will never get married. Besides the fact that nobody will take her. She won't take anybody else because she's too smart. She'll see everybody's faults by then. A boy too, a bacher, a frumbacher. He's very, very frum, but he's still very raw material. He needs to prepare. Actually, his parents have to begin preparing him when he's three years old. Chaimel, you can't do that. Chanala, say thank you when someone gives you a plate of food. So little Chaimel and little Chanala are preparing to be decent spouses. Chaimel says, Pa, can I buy a bike? The father says, No. Pa, can I buy this Nasherai? asked Chanala. No whether it's because his pa can't afford it or because his pa thinks it's not good for him, that no is a gift of preparation. Otherwise, when your son or daughter get married, they're not ready. You know what happens when you have two people who all their lives never heard no, and now they're married, and one says no to the other. It's a trauma. That's a shock that they cannot take. What do you mean, no, she says to her husband, but I really want to buy that carpet. And him too. He wants to do this and this. What do you mean I can't go there, he says. They never heard of no before in their entire lives. They were not trained for marriage. They were not trained for life. But that's only the beginning. You need a lot more training, a lot more learning Torah than that. Learning Torah doesn't mean you learn a piece of Baba Kama and that's all. Unfortunately, the way it's taught here in the yeshivas is not a preparation for marriage. Torah means a lot more. It's a pity it's not being taught in all places properly. The number one piece of Torah is realizing that you are marrying now for the purpose of doing the will of Hashem. For Avodah Hashem. You're not marrying for fun and good times. Just for the adventure of it. And therefore, even if you have a husband or a wife who might be disappointing in some ways, which usually is the case, nevertheless, you do your duty because you're not serving your spouse. You're serving Hashem. And that's so important that we're told that at the chuppah, when the chassan and the kala are standing under the chuppah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there with them. He's the third party. 
It's not our subject for tonight, preparing for marriage. But at least, that we should realize. It takes a lot of Torah learning, a lot of Torah preparation to make a successful marriage. Two people, a man and a woman especially, naturally both are from and loyal to Torah. But even within the Torah framework, each one did what he or she wanted more or less. And now, instead of being interested only in what you want, there's a new roommate who's constantly standing in your way. It's a big wrench. It's like taking a car that's traveling full speed in one direction and suddenly trying to turn it around in the other direction. And that's why, even in the best marriages, there's always a strain. And in the weaker marriages, there's a smash-up. It takes a great deal of preparation to learn how to get along with somebody else. There's Torah's chesed, and the Torah of being mavater, the Torah of shtika, so many Torahs. And so it would be a boon for the marriage if Chaim and Chana could spend 14 years in the yeshiva like Yaakov did. Only we can't do that. If you'll be 14 years in the yeshiva, so they'll make the chazana in the old age home. And you want to have children too. Yaakov Avinu was a special situation because like the Rambam says, the sole desire of the Avos was lahamid uma avoides es Hashem to establish a nation that would serve Hashem. And when you have to succeed at a very important mission, the preparation for that mission is very crucial for its success. Suppose you have to accomplish something like building a tall office building. You will have to spend a lot of time and effort making the plans for the building. It takes a long time to draw up plans for such a building. Yaakov Avinu knew that getting married and having children was immensely more important than building a skyscraper. His getting married and having children was an accomplishment. Adead. He had to accomplish the building of a nation. And therefore, he had to prepare himself with the utmost shleimus. A young man of 21 gets married and he makes all kinds of mistakes. He doesn't have the experience needed because he didn't learn too much about it. But little by little, by trial and error and some troubles, he is able to settle down after a while. But Yaakov Avinu could not afford trial and error. He couldn't afford such a thing because he was creating a nation. And if you're going to be the progenitor of the holy nation, you can't just jump into it like a bull in a china shop. And so although at that time he was already a young man in his late 60s, he understood that for something to be most successful, it takes preparation. And the more preparing, the more successful. There's a tremendous lesson here, because it's not only marriage that requires hachana. Everything in life becomes better with preparation. We only mentioned the story of Yaakov Avinu so that we should see how a great man understood that hachana was included in the command, even though it wasn't told to him. Because it is included. It's a principle that applies in everything that you do, all of your life, whatever you have to do. If it's done without preparation, it will be a failure. Maybe not a failure in Gansen, but compared to what it could have been, we'll have to call it a failure. A successful life requires hachana. Now, this attitude we're talking about now, preparation, is something we can practice every day. Just to hear the idea but not to practice it is a waste of time. It goes in one ear and out the other, and it's forgotten. You have to make it real. It has to be practical. I'll give you a few examples, but you shouldn't limit it to these. You have to take the principle and apply it as far as you can. It's a career of preparing. 
everything you do in this world becomes more valuable, more perfect, according to the preparation that's put into it. And the more we practice up, the more it changes our entire attitude as we walk through this world. We'll start with a small example. Let's say you're a girl and you're a big idealist. So you rushed to get here tonight. You wanted to hear Rabbi Miller's lecture. And so you dressed rapidly and left some stuff lying on the floor. Your stockings and your shoes and so on. So the lecture is finished and you're about to come back into your house. So while you're holding the doorknob, stop, stop. You remember what you heard at the lecture about preparing. So before you turn the doorknob, get ready because your mother might greet you with a barrage. How dare you leave your room a mess like that? I had to bend over picking up everything off the floor for you. And right away, you'll get angry and you'll open your big mouth and it will be a scene and you'll go to sleep all broken up. Instead of going to sleep inspired, you're discouraged now and broken up because of a fight you had with your mother. So as you're holding the doorknob, make a hachana. Prepare for the mitzvah of kibud avaim. Get ready and think about the worst that could happen. Your mother will say, you lazy thing. I'm always cleaning up after you. I have to wash the dishes for you all the time. You run off for good times to hear lectures. And I have to prepare for Shabbos and I get no help from you. Maybe she'll say worse things. Be prepared. Steal yourself for the occasion and get ready for the ordeal. As you're holding the doorknob, you say, Come what may, even if she'll heap hot coals on my head, I'm going to be a tzidkanis. I'll keep my mouth shut, and maybe I'll be strong enough to say, You're right, mother. Of course, next week, you should come to the lecture anyhow. That's the way to prepare in life. Don't worry now about big preparations. Fourteen years in the yeshiva, that's a very big hachana for a very big person. No, We'll start small. We'll take baby steps. And that way, we'll get into the habit of making hachanas as we make our way through life. Isn't it a pity that we walk to shul every morning and on the way we're talking with a friend or a neighbor, small talk. Or if we're alone, we think small thoughts. And meanwhile, we are frittering away a glorious opportunity. The Pasuk says, Hikon likrat elokecha Yisrael. Prepare yourself to meet your Hashem, Yisrael. And here, you'll just barge in like a bull into the house of Hashem to speak with your God. No thoughts, no hachana, no nothing. The pious ones of the earlier generations would spend a full hour before davening preparing for that great event. They waited a whole hour before every tefillah Three times a day, an hour before davening. What's the delay? Let's get busy davening already. The answer is that they understood this principle well. One hour before shachris, and an hour before mincha too, and then another hour before maidiv. Now the Gemara there asks the question, if they spend so many hours thinking, preparing, and that's besides the hours in prayer, so when were they learning Torah? And how did they make a living? That's the Gemara's question. And the answer given there is that because they were Hasidim, they succeeded in their Torah in less time. They succeeded in their business too, in their Parnassah, 
It was a special siyat hadishmaya, a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to his special ones who appreciated this principle of preparation. Now we can't go to such extremes. We won't merit that special siyat hadishmaya because we're not serious about it. We'll drink a coffee and waste time. And so besides for not preparing, we won't succeed in our learning and making a living either. But the principle is true. Something we must do. Something you must prepare. Every day we say the following prayer. Hashem should please open our hearts in His Torah. And He should put into our hearts love for Him and fear of Him. And then we finish up like this. In order we shouldn't labor in vain and toil for nothing. It means like this. Most of us daven today a whole davening, let's say. But at the end of the davening, we have to be afraid. Maybe it was larik, chas v'sholom. Maybe it was for nothing. If we're just rattling off words without thinking, can that be considered davening? There's no question that usually a great part of our own davening is thrown out. Isn't that a pity? Suppose you didn't daven. Instead, every day you had a kavias to learn Mishnah Brura in that time instead of davening. You would be a lamdan in Allah already. If every day you would learn, let's say, Mishnayas or Gomorrah during that time, you'd be a real lamdan. Isn't it a pity you waste so much time of your life on davening if it's thrown out anyways? And therefore, every day we pray, put into our hearts love of you and fear of you, so that we shouldn't toil in vain for nothing. Now, how is it going to happen that your davening will be with hearts of love and fear of you? One of the keys to that is hachana, the way that you travel towards the Beis HaKnesses. That is going to set the way in which you will pray. Try it tomorrow morning. As you walk to the Beis HaMedrish, you walk a block, or maybe you ride five blocks. Prepare yourself. The truth is, you should prepare yourself much earlier than that. As soon as you get up and you wash your hands, you're preparing. The Rashba says in Beis Yosef that Nagel Vasar is for the purpose of showing that we are Kohane Hashem. Just like the Kohanim in the Beis Hamikdash, whose function was to serve Hashem. Our function in this world is the same thing. And by the Kohanim it says, V'rachatsu yidehem b'bo'am el ohel mo'ed. Shemos. Before coming in to serve Hashem, the Kohanim washed their hands as a preparation for this important opportunity. In the morning, we're getting up in order to serve Hashem all day long. Washing your hands when you wake up means that you're getting yourself ready to serve Hashem. You are a Kohen Hashem all day long. And therefore, as you're pouring the water on your hands, you're thinking, you can say it too if nobody's around. I am doing this now because I am a Kohen I'm preparing now to make today a successful day of Avodah Hashem. A person who does that, he's ready. He's prepared. Whether you'll be in the kitchen cooking, whether you'll be working in the office or shopping in the grocery store or learning or davening in the base medrash, you've already prepared yourself. Hikon likrat elokecha Yisrael. Prepare yourself to meet your Hashem. Yisrael, by means of a nagel vaser. Don't waste that glorious opportunity that you have every morning. Think beforehand, before everything. Right now, in a few minutes, we'll be davening Mariv here. We'll have a minute or two after the lecture before Baruch Hu. 
you'll wash your hands maybe. You'll put on your hat. While you're going through the motions of preparing, why not prepare your mind too? You're going to say Mariv Aravim now. It means you're going to be thanking Hashem for nighttime. Nighttime is not merely a lack of daytime. That's what people think that nighttime means. It's not daytime. No, it's a creation nighttime. Bechochma poseach sharim, bisvuna. Nighttime is a big wisdom. Only you have to study it. I'd like to talk about it, but not now. That's your job. Think about the blessings of nighttime. So at least the first bracha you'll say with a full heart. Baruch atah Hashem hamari varavim. And what about Ohev Amo Yisrael? That great bracha. Oh, in just a few minutes, I'm going to be making a big declaration in shul. Hashem loves me. He loves me. And he loves my neighbor and my other neighbor and my wife and my boss. He loves the entire Am Yisrael. And he loves them with such a love that cannot be measured. Oh, wah! Baruch Hashem. I thank you, Hashem. Ohev Amoy Yisrael. That you love your nation. And what about Kriyas Shema? When you're saying Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, have in mind you're doing it because of a mitzvah, a mitzvah of the Torah. Does it take long to think about that? In one second, you can rescue that mitzvah from going larik, into oblivion. Think, I'm now about to do the mitzvah of declaring Yichud Hashem. It takes just a second. And then you say Shema. Then you come to the Pesukim of Va'ahavta. The Chafetz Chaim says that while you're saying Va'ahavta, you might as well do the mitzvah and love Hashem. At least for one Pasuk, you can love Him. You ever thought about that? The Chafetz Chaim says, love Hashem right now while you're saying that Pasuk. You don't have reason to love Him. The fact that you could talk, that's enough reason to love Him. You have to prepare for Va'ahavta. Look how many people can't talk. They make noises and talk with their hands. That's how they walk around the world. And you can talk. You're a normal person. You should love Hashem. At least for one Pasuk, love Him. Fulfill the mitzvah. The rest of Ma'ariv too. What does the first Parsha say? And the second, and the third, and so on. What does Emes say? What does Hashkivenu say? And you say, Baruch Hashem lo'olam. What does that say? What does it say? Now you can't do all of that all the time, but you have to begin somewhere. Not only in davening, everything else too. If you're a yeshiva man on the way to the yeshiva to learn, or you're a working man going at night to the base medrash to learn, prepare. What am I going to do now? What am I looking to accomplish? Will it help me accomplish if I start making conversation with everyone that I see there? Will I succeed if I spend the half hour on the public phone before I go inside? If you don't prepare, then you suddenly blunder into this great treasury of opportunities and you waste it. It's like taking a country bumpkin, an oaf from the forest, and you take him out of his little cottage in the forest and suddenly you transport him to Tiffany's and you let him into the safe for one minute to fill up his pockets. He takes a look at the sparklers He's bewildered. Ooh, what is this? But he's so unprepared that he lets the opportunity go by. He forgot what he came for. And then when the time is up, they pull him out. The poor fool didn't even begin to understand the treasures that were spread before his eyes. 
And we are even worse because the treasures of Tiffany's are only stones, colorful stones, shiny stones. But we're talking now about the true treasures and we lose out because we're not prepared. And that's this great principle of getting ready. The truth is that every Jew recognizes this principle, at least with lip service. Don't we say, I am now prepared and I set aside to fulfill this and this mitzvah. The problem is, is that usually means, I am not ready. I say the words, but how I am ready? What ready? We're ready. Not ready. But we see, at least that, is a principle. Before you do a mitzvah, it's important to make sure to prepare yourself so that the mitzvah should not go lost. You have to remind yourself to be meyached the lave, to assign your heart to the task at hand. And the way to accomplish that is by making sure to prepare yourself beforehand. That's the secret ingredient. Laman lo nigalarik. In order that we should not toil in vain. And therefore, whether it's davening or learning or tefillin or tzitzit or putting on your head covering, your yarmulke or your shaitel, you must prepare yourself for that mitzvah. Now when it comes to preparing for mitzvahs, there's one mitzvah that stands out as a model for us more than maybe any other mitzvah. It's the mitzvah most familiar to us when it comes to the subject of preparing. And that is Shabbos. Shabbos is the great day of knowledge. The one day every week for acquiring a Torah mind. There are so many things that a person should gain on Shabbos. So many things to put into your head. And it's only possible if you prepare yourself. And that's why already from the earliest days of our nation's history, our sages instituted an especial mitzvah of preparing for Shabbos. It's in order to understand the value that Shabbos is going to bring to us. To remind us that more than anything else, we have to prepare our minds. And so when the lady of the house is standing all day long on Thursday, on Friday, preparing for Shabbos, that's intended most importantly to remind her about hachana. Yes, the kugel and the chicken and the potatoes. It's very important. But there's one condiment that she's expected to add that will create the greatest benefit of all. If she would leave out, let's say, the onions so the chalant will lack some taste, if she forgot the salt, so the soup will be lacking. But there's one thing that if she leaves out, everything will lack taste, and that is the condiment of preparing herself to gain the Shabbos mind. You have to plan ahead for that great day. I have at home a notebook, and I keep written down there the different attitudes a person should gain on Shabbos. And in order that I should be prepared, I take a look at that notebook from time to time to remind myself what's going to be this coming Shabbos. What attitudes am I going to attempt to acquire? I have written down there at least 30 different ideas to think about on Shabbos. And so, while the lady of the house is cleaning, so she's thinking, this Shabbos, I want to make sure to remind myself as much as possible that it's Zechel Maisebreshis. Hashem made the world out of nothing. The world has no existence. There are no physical elements. There are no forces of nature. Everything was imagined by Hashem into existence. That's a stunning idea, which we must labor all our lives in order to gain just a little bit of its impact. And so we must plan ahead. When my husband and children walk out the door to the shul on Friday night, 
I'm going to sit down on the couch for two minutes and think. I'll look at the Shabbos candles and think that this fire, this candlestick, is really nothing. It's just the imagination of Hashem. She can plan for the Shabbos Suda too. She's thinking, when I bring all the delicious foods out to the table, I'll remember to think about why we're me'aneg es Shabbos, Why we cause joy to ourselves on Shabbos. It's because we're practicing up on the great truth that not only did Hashem make this world, but he made it for pleasure. It's a world of oinek. That's how to prepare for Shabbos. You're walking home from shul and you tell your children, let's prepare for the meal now while we're walking. Prepare. But mommy prepared everything already. Yes, mommy prepared the food. But we have to prepare our minds. We have to eat with a purpose. We're eating to taste from Hashem's world. It's his challah and his chicken and his potatoes. And as we eat, we'll be reminding ourselves that Oilam chesed yabane. That Hashem made this world a world of pleasure. There's no question that if you're going to bumble into Shabbos without any preparation, you're going to lose out. You'll keep Shabbos, of course. You'll be careful with all the malachas and you'll go to synagogue and you'll fulfill all the mitzvahs of Shabbos. But you're guaranteed to lose out on the gold mine of Shabbos if you don't prepare. If you want to suck out all the juice from Shabbos and transform your mind every week, so you'll start preparing for Shabbos beforehand. Now there's one special attitude that we acquire by means of preparing for Shabbos that we cannot leave out of our career of preparing. And that is the thought on Shabbos that our stay in this world is one big career of preparing for Oilam Haba. And just like our Shabbos preparations, the better we prepare, the greater will be our Yom Shekulo Shabbos. In the afterlife. In Masechta Avoidah our sages tell us that If you prepared, you cooked and baked and shopped before Shabbos, then you'll have something to eat on Shabbos. But if you don't prepare, you'll have nothing. Now that's something you don't need the sages to tell us. Everyone knows that. If the lady of the house will kick up her feet and lay on the couch all Friday afternoon, then you could forget about Shabbos being a Shabbos. There'll be no good food to eat, no freshly laundered clothing to wear. If you don't go shopping or take a bath on Erev Shabbos, you lost your chance. There's no bathing or shopping on Shabbos. Every child knows that. So what are the Chachamim telling us? The answer is that among the lessons of Shabbos, one of the most impressive lessons is that Shabbos is a rehearsal for the next world. Shabbos is Oilam Haba. Now don't think I'm just telling a machshava out of my mind. It says openly in the Gemara, in Brachas, that Shabbos is a me'ain, a semblance of the world to come. Of course, it's only a mushal. In this world, you're tired of eating after a while. You can't eat more than a certain amount. In Olam Haba, however, you'll eat forever. It doesn't mean eat, even better than eating. It's such a pleasure that the Gemara says, if we would have the pleasure in our bodies, we would explode. Our nerves would explode. We couldn't take it so much pleasure. A tremendous happiness awaits us in the world to come. A million times greater than Shabbos. But Shabbos is a mushal for Oilam Haba. A little something. And why does it tell us that mushal? So that we should utilize it. 
And one of the ways of utilizing it is by reminding yourself always that Olam Haba is a place where we have to enter only after we are ready for it. If you don't prepare, forget about it. You won't be able to just waltz in and enjoy it. It requires a great hachana. And therefore, we have to rehearse for Olam Haba. This world is a time of Erev Shabbos. And it's here that we have to prepare for the world to come. You can't do mitzvahs in the world to come. This world is the only place where you can cook and bake and prepare mitzvahs to take with you to the world to come. So think about that. You're sitting down, Shabbos at the table. Everybody is well-dressed. Everybody is happy. On the table, the most tasty and delicious viands are being served. Roasted chicken, chulant, compote, delicacies, kugels, all kinds of good things are there. And you're thinking, Ah, How did we merit such a beautiful Shabbos? Such a tasty and pleasurable Shabbos? Only because we prepared. We cooked and baked. We shopped before Shabbos. That's why we have something to eat on Shabbos. And so that's the great lesson of Shabbos. That this world is a career of preparing. If you want to make something from yourself in this world and in the world to come, that's number one. You must learn how to prepare to be successful. You must live with that attitude of Hikon Likrat Elokecha Yisrael. Prepare to greet your Eloka Yisrael. It means in everything you do, prepare ahead of time so that you should be doing it with Hashem in the forefront of your mind. Whether it's preparing for marriage or davening or kibud avaim or Shabbos, the more you prepare ahead of time, the more you will achieve. And when it comes to Shabbos especially, one of the great lessons of preparing on Erev Shabbos is that you are reminding yourself always that this world that we're living in, as much as it seems that this is it, it's not it. And it's only the one who prepared himself in this world of Erev Shabbos. He'll be the fortunate one who eats on Yom Shekulo Shabbos in the world to come. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's get practical. Setting out on a career of preparing. Everything we do should be with Hashem in the forefront of our mind. We can accomplish this only if we prepare ourselves properly. This week, I will blineder, wash Nagelwasser every day with the thought that I'm washing like the Kohanim who washed before beginning their service of Hashem. I too am a servant of Hashem, and I desire to prepare to serve Him all day. Starting my day off this way will set the tone for the day ahead as I add intent and preparation to the many things I do in the service of Hashem.